You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Each week, Roger is joined by Joe, Vince, and Marty. Welcome to For the Lord, this is Roger coming to you on the 18th of February. We are without Joe, but we are going to plow through anyways, because we actually have quite a bit of news. <laughs> a lot of it is obviously Nintendo stuff. So Vince, you're up. Yeah, last week, Nintendo gave us one of their wonderful Nintendo Directs, which I just love because it's you know a half hour, 45 minutes, depending on which edition it is. It was about like 35 minutes of just, here's all our shit. No no pomp, no circumstance, just here's a game. Here's what's coming out. I'll go, you in, for, I'll, I'll, I'll go you in further. I like theirs even better because it's not, here's a game that's coming out in two years. It's, here's a game. Yeah. You can go download it now if you want. <laughs> I think the latest game they talked about on this edition comes out in the fall of this year. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I think actually the only game that they mentioned that was quote unquote being worked on and didn't have a release date this year was Bayonetta 3 that they briefly mentioned at the end. Was it not? Like, I I think that was it. It was all really stuff that's coming out now. And even then, the only reason they mentioned that was because they showed off another game from that studio, which is coming out much sooner. So they just wanted to like, by the way, we're still working on that too. (laughs) But yeah, diving right in, uh, they let off with... A very welcome surprise for a lot of people with Mario Maker 2 coming out in June. The first Mario Maker, I mean, not my type of game. I I don't have the time to sit there and generate levels and stuff. I enjoy watching it like the speedrun marathons, the crazy <laughs> levels people come up with and the immense amount of gameplay skill required for that. And just looking at this, it takes what made that first Mario Maker game so great for so many people and just more of it and better like all all the tools that they're adding in here being able to like program moving platforms all kinds of crazy like graphical things auto scrolling levels like the airships from super mario brothers 3 they're giving people an immense amount of tools to build with even beyond what they already had in the first game and it just looks fantastic this is going to succeed because it is on the switch and i don't say that because it has um it's sold a lot more that's the obvious part but i think it's going to do so much better on here because again that portability the the problem with the wii u version of this is that you were having to sit there and be looking at your screen your tv all the time and the stuff that was on the 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 controller was you know not not that all that useful whereas this here you are you're going to be able to design levels with pipes and everything while you're sitting on the crapper and and people will do that and you're going to be able to design things while you're commuting to work or taking a break or whatever that's gonna i know when i need to design something i'm always on the crapper so this is what i'm saying not so when i get all my best ideas what's going to wind up happening is that that's going to create then a lot more um levels that we'll be able to download and play which was a I don't want to say lacking from the first one, but just I think, again, it's going to be so much more because it is the Switch. Yeah, an order of magnitude greater just based on the 
Switch audience as compared to the Wii U audience. Well, that again, and the the hardware that's going to play a huge impact on this. Mm-hmm. Not play impact. That made no sense, but you know what I meant. Eh, it, you know what? The, it, the you were going to let there. me get away with it, and I appreciate I was. that. <laughs> Next up, we got our next look at Ultimate Alliance 3, uh, once again, coming out exclusively to the Switch later this summer. Not much terribly new to look at here. Like, they showed off some, like, the cool super attacks and team supers that you can do. Uh, they announced, Mi- uh, I almost called her Ms. Marvel, goodness, Captain Marvel is going to be playable in the game, which is, of course, no surprise. Yeah. Uh, Good. No, I just was agreeing with you, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, though, this was the first time that they showed off that uh, Iron Fist and Venom are also going to be playable characters in the game. So it's going to have a pretty good roster. I think I even saw Crystal and Lockjaw in one of the screens they showed. I think I saw <laughs> Lockjaw, I thought. <laughs> I, I know I saw Lockjaw. I'm assuming the, that the girl standing next to him was Crystal. Right. Oh, this is looking better the more I see of it. Every time they show us a little bit more, it's like, God damn, I'm really digging the look of this. And especially when they were showing the co-op play, that looks mm-hmm. fun as hell. Box Boy is going to be coming to the Switch in the form of Box Boy and Box Girl, adding in a full two-player co-op mode to the puzzle platforming game, and then even adding in a, a, a special campaign for Cootie, a taller block. I I never played box boy but i appreciate puzzle platformers and this one looks like it has a lot of charm as well as just being really good at the puzzling and platforming bits of it the co-op had me sold because tristan and i love playing still co-op games and and things like that and uh and this is right up our alley we will have a lot of fun with this so yeah i will definitely be picking this one up it talked a little bit about uh super smash brothers ultimate version 3.0 update coming out this spring didn't say anything that's in it. I would assume that'll be the next Nintendo Direct that they're covering, as well as just reminding us that uh, DLC characters are coming with Joker and, of course, Amiibos. All kinds of Amiibos. Uh, showed off some Pokemon stuff, but the the one that caught my eye was, of course, Simon Belmont, because I love Castlevania, and he looks pretty badass. So you're going to get uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker to play co-op as well, Raj? I, I looked at it. I did, but I'm... We never really played Captain Toad. I If it's fun and I can get it on sale, I'll give it a shot for sure. Because, again, if it's a good co-op platformer, we love those. Yeah, so it's getting an update uh, soon with uh, adding in two-player co-op to all the missions. I believe it was available in certain missions. Like, there's, like, a special multiplayer segment. Uh, but you can play two-player co-op in all the missions as well as a new paid DLC coming out full of brand-new co-op missions as well. Finally, we have a release window for Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night, which is Koji Igarashi's spiritual successor to the Castlevania games that he worked on at Konami. It's been a, backed on Kickstarter three years ago, three and a half. I was still living in Florida, so that long ago. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's finally uh, officially done. It's been pushed back a few times because, of course game development and stuff uh it's officially coming out in summer they showed off of course the switch version here and the game looks really good yeah uh, it graphically it's just very stunning they showed off a lot of new gameplay elements and creatures and traversal like a lot of stuff that 
I haven't seen, and I have access to the behind-the-scenes Kickstarter videos, so this is looking even more impressive than I initially, not even initially thought, but that that I had seen to this point. Really excited to get my hands on that one. <laughs> July 12th, we get Dragon Quest Builders 2. First Dragon Quest Builders, fun little game. Uh, taking all the best bits of Minecraft and those types of games with legitimately great RPG elements and a fun little lighthearted story to tie it all together. And this is just more of the same, but bigger and better and cool. It looked damn good. I If I was more into Dragon Quest, then this would have been a very good Nintendo Direct for me. But it did still look very good. On that front, we also got news of Dragon Quest XI, the definitive edition coming out in fall, which really pisses me off that I already bought the game on PlayStation <laughs> because Dragon Quest XI was a fantastic RPG. Like it, Dragon Quest has always been the prototypical JRPG, even more so than Final Fantasy. It's very simple, but has its charm and does what it does each iteration better and better in, in new and fun ways. So Dragon Quest XI was a great game last year. Coming exclusively to the Switch in the Definitive Edition with uh, fully orchestrated music, which was the biggest problem with the PlayStation version. The music quality in that game was atrocious. Like, I get that they were trying to do like the retro thing, but when you already have a fully orchestrated soundtrack and just choose not to use it in the console version really fucking weird so you're gonna get a fully orchestrated music in the switch version uh as well as the 2d mode that was present in the uh the 3ds version that'll be an option if you wish and even more story content because they said each of your party members is going to get their own special side quests that essentially they're the main characters on those side quests so kind of like a little uh mass effect sort of a thing going on there which cool because they're fun interesting characters and learning more about them and giving them time to shine separate from the main character storyline is always going to be great yeah Tom -tom. so so disney Tsum -tsum <laughs> festival means that we're going to get another marvel Tsum -tsum game soon right because this looks fun but i'm missing wolverine and captain america <laughs> The entire fucking time I was watching that, and Joe and I were chatting back and forth over G Talk, and he was like, "Some some Disney," and I'm waiting. I'm going, "Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, they better fucking announce Marvel because I'm, I'll, I'll get this. Don't get me wrong, but I want the fucking Marvel, even if they just put it as DLC stuff, and you can only use it in the swipe game. <laughs> I'm alright with that. I, I'm perfectly alright with that." I'm serious. I need that fucking game back in my life. <laughs> I love that game. It was literally the perfect game. And actually, Karen, too. Karen played the crap out of it for just sitting, relaxing, watching TV and that mindless and yet still fun and engaging game. It was perfect. God, I miss it. I cannot deny it. I had an absolute blast playing it as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm buying this. I won't do the fucking <laughs> curling or any of the other bullshit, but I'll play the little swipey game like crazy. And Listen, we'll do the DLC. fucking curling game if it stars X-Men, Iceman from the X-Men. So oh, I would shit, dude, I would yeah. actually be interested in curling if I got to play Bobby Drake as a curler. I would totally be down. <laughs> Get him and Elsa and a team together. <laughs> and they're curling <laughs> the, the, the fucking Iceman. What the fuck's the name of the Iceman again? Not I, the, the, the snowman. Olaf. Yes. <laughs> that would be so funny. 
<laughs> Starlink is getting an update in April with all kinds of new Star Fox content. Yes. Uh, new missions and all of the other pilots are being added to the game. So Peppy and Slippy and Falco because Star Wolf and his band of renegades have to be stopped. So I they didn't say that this was going to be paid DLC. This seems like it's just new content they're adding to the game. And I got to say, I haven't bought it. Starlink actually is pretty damn fun. I bought it when it was on a, a very good sale. And I bought the one that had everything so I wouldn't have to worry about it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And and basically what I figured would happen with the game is what is happening. Again, they pushed the, the toys thinking that that would work and there's just not an audience for it now. So the, the prices are slashed on those things. But... It's still a good fucking game. The controls are tight as hell. Being able to lift off a planet and just, whew, you're in space was awesome. The um, When you first start off, you kind of crash land on a planet. And then the first time you go back into space and you head into the, the main ship, kind of, that's the main... I played as Star Fox as well, just because it had the extra stuff. But when you go into the the main ship that's part of the main character's campaign, kind of, so to speak, as you're flying towards it, the first thought that came to my mind is, I really hope Bioware is playing this game. Because this is the kind of shit that we need, but with the Normandy. And with, whether it's Shepard or somebody else, or something like that, a Mass Effect with this kind of... Uh, mechanic would be incredible yeah uh, for christmas uh, alicia's nephew got the game and of course he's a kid so everybody got him all the toys and stuff (laughs) so christmas was essentially a bunch of us sitting in the basement playing with the damn toys and mixing and matching and making our own ships and stuff (laughs) well i can't speak to that part the game in and of itself is again legit good so I'm actually looking forward to this DLC. It will be awesome. As long as it is, if it's free, awesome. If it's paid, as long as it's not too much, sure. Yeah. And they showed off like racing and all kind, yes. all kinds of crazy stuff that they said they're going to detail more soon. That is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. We got Rune Factory 4 Special and Rune Factory 5, not games I've ever kept a great deal of track of. Kind of like your Harvest Moon slash... Uh, Oh, atelier shopkeeper yeah. games and, and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. You know, I'm sure there's an audience. I'm not it. The only shopkeeper game that I want is where I, I, was, I go up to engineering. <laughs> we we're going to talk about that <laughs> shit later. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then we got to look at Oninaki, the latest game from Square Enix's Tokyo RPG Factory. This is their studio they set up specifically to make smaller little games like this. They did I Am Setsuna and Lost Sphere, which came out on various platforms to uh, a, a, an amount of praise. Obviously, there weren't AAA games, so they didn't have like the huge wow factor, but uh, they see they're doing very fun, creative stuff with storytelling and gameplay, and this seems to be following in that trend. And since Octopath Traveler was such a huge hit for Square on the Switch, uh, I assume they're hoping that this game can do the same. It's got me interested. That's for damn sure. I'll, I'll pick it up and try it. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you ever check out Octopath? I checked out the uh, the demo for it. And while I adored the art style, I found, and it, and it could just be... 
mainly at the start uh, in the demo and not so much throughout. But there was, and this is from somebody who actually likes reading and writing kind of thing. And it was like, there's <laughs> too much fucking text here. And it was all that kind of very tropey kind of fantasy text as well. And it just mm-hmm. kind of put me off. I, I I think if I would have muscled through, it would have been better anyways. I mean, I did the the demo, but if I would have bought the game and just muscled through the um, the stuff initially, maybe it's not as bad later on. If, if there's ever a really good sale on it, I, I definitely intend on picking it up. All right, cool. Uh, coming out on March 29th, we have Yoshi's Crafted World. The Yoshi's games have been just absolute fun for years uh, keeping with that uh, Yoshi's Island formula from way back on the Super Nintendo and just doing new and interesting things with it and this looks just to be more of the same fun lighthearted but I'm sure it's going to have a, a level to it to keep you coming back and wanting to play more we finally got our first look at Fire Emblem Three Houses uh, the game has been pushed back slightly to July 26th but this was not what literally anybody was expecting for the game uh fire emblem has a long-standing history as you know kind of like traditional warring kingdom storylines but also with the backdrop of mystical energies and interdimensional travel and dragons and weird shit so the twist that we get here is that the three houses are actually three student houses for the academy that the main playable character teaches at. And they, you know, train to lead their nations. Uh, Of course, the three houses represent the three nations that the students are parts of. Going out, doing peacekeeping missions, I'm sure the storyline will get a lot more bizarre and Japanese as the game goes on. Uh, But it's it's a nice twist. I actually like really enjoy what they're doing here because it gives an actual storyline reason for a lot of the mechanics in the game of being able to like really micromanage how your troops level up and what they focus on and, and all this, the nuts and bolts of the tactical RPG because you're literally their teacher. You're advising them on how to grow as students and as people and that translates into the mechanics. It seemed really weird when I first heard about it, but then once I watched the video and kind of started thinking about it, I actually am getting really interested in this. I I wasn't that big on the last few Fire Emblem games. Like, it was just a little... It focused a little too much on, like, the uh, the dating sim aspect of <laughs> your your army management, which I they have a huge fan following for that stuff, yeah. but this kind of brings it back in a direction a little more interesting to me personally. See, for me, it's... And I know that it's a Japanese thing and an, and an anime thing, but this constantly going back to the school kids kind of thing is not as interesting. Like, I sometimes, certainly, but I'm a grown-ass adult. I'm a fucking grandpa. Like, I, <laughs> where's my representation? I want, I want grandpa warriors. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was just, again, I found it a little tropey myself. So it, it didn't interest me quite as much. Well, when I first heard the the, the thought process and uh, before I'd been actually seen it, I was thinking it was going to be like high school, but this felt a little more young adult to me. So, again, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. Finally. So the greatest joke was, "Hey, 
What if we gave Tetris a battle royale mode? Let this be the last fucking... This is the jumping the shark of battle royale. <laughs> no one else is going to do it because of this now. Please. Fuck it. So out. they came out with Tetris 99, and it's fucking great. <laughs> I installed it, but I haven't tried it yet. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just Tetris. Exactly, yeah. There's only so much you could do with Tetris, but there's a reason it's been the most iconic puzzle game for the last 25-plus years. It It's Tetris. There's not much I can tell you about it that you don't already know, but you add in multiplayer aspects, and, like, it... Again, it's just friggin' Tetris, but with an extra layer added on for more fun and frantic gameplay. It's pretty great. This fall, Dead by Daylight is finally coming to the Nintendo Switch. I actually enjoy Dead by Daylight, not so much playing it because I don't, but <laughs> I watch videos for it and it's like, you know what? It's one of those types of games where if I had a bunch of friends to play it with, I probably would be really interested in it. So, Does it look it, as bad on other consoles? No, it does not look like a mobile game okay. anywhere else but on Switch because this looked fucking terrible. That's what I thought, but and Joe and I were chatting about that too, and it was like, I, I can't remember if it looked this bad on other consoles. Fucking hell, does it look horrible? No, it looks perfectly fine on PC and console. I, I don't know what the hell happened here. Yeah. Deltarune Chapter 1 will be available on February 28th for free. This is the spiritual successor slash sequel slash I don't know because I haven't finished Undertale yet. <laughs> <laughs> Follow-up to Undertale. Uh, chapter 1 is free uh, just as a teaser as to what they're doing working on the full game coming out at some point soon. Damon X Machina is the awesome anime mech game coming out uh, later this summer. Looks absolutely insane because it's an anime mech game. Uh, <laughs> but they they said the prototype mission demo is available to just, you know, get a, get a look at the game. Haven't checked it out yet? I did actually. I didn't Yeah, what do you think? I didn't finish the entirety of the the demo. Um I'll need to play more. But I wasn't overly impressed. In in a field of shooters, a, a variety of mech shooter games, uh, all these like with Anthem and all these other things, you really have to stand out to even be noticed, let alone get a following. And this was one of those. As I was playing, I was thinking this is all fairly generic. I know that's insulting, and I'm not trying to be, but it's the best way to put it. It was fairly generic. The gameplay was not all that engaging, not all that not all that fun. And then the visual style wasn't bad, but once you're actually moving around and stuff, it's it's again, it it just comes across very, very simple and not stylish simple, just simple. So I again, I'll go in and I'll do some more, but, Based on the what I played, I I would not be buying this now. How are you gonna fuck up giant robots? Like <laughs> you can, you fucking oh, yeah. can. Oh yeah, I I know. Trust me, they still haven't made a good Gundam game. <laughs> uh, coming out this summer, we have Grid Autosport, a Gran Turismo style racing game. I, not my thing. Roger, what did you think? Looked like shit. Come on, yeah, it's it, it looked like 19. a PlayStation 2 game. Like again, this is I and I mentioned it on, on Twitter too. Like in, in an age where we just got Forza Horizon 4, which I mean, 
is unfucking believable how gorgeous that game is, how well it runs, all the effects, everything you can do in it and everything else. And then you can look at Forza itself, which I think the last one was seven. Fuck, I played it. I have it. Um, and then look at the Gran Turismo stuff too. Like any of these, you in an age where those exist, you can't put this shit out anymore. I mean, you can, but don't fucking expect it to sell. And, <laughs> like, and I'm not playing this. And I, and this is, this is up my fucking alley like nothing else because I want a another racing game for the Switch. Right now, all I'm doing for the most part is is Mario Kart, and I would love another one that's more realistic. And pff, this ain't it. I, I get it. The Switch is not as powerful as the other hardware on the market. That's can, a known fact. It can put out pretty great graphics if you have the right engine and the right art style which we'll be talking about coming up later in this episode i don't know like what they were going for if if they were really trying to make a forza gran turismo super realistic game and just realized oh shit the switch can't do it just turn down the resolution until it runs right i it's it just doesn't oh, make sense and, and then to show it off and be like you know what this is pretty good we're gonna release it the thing that kills me is that, like, the thing that you'll notice all the time in trailers for racing games or in-game little cinematics, they have those slow motion, those slow-mo moments where the car is passing <laughs> you by, and it's one of those, like, you're supposed to be thinking, hot damn, look at how good that looks. And it does this, and all you're seeing is jagged fucking spikes because a, there's no anti-aliasing. You, you get that slow motion effect here because I'm pretty sure parts of the trailer are running at, like, 12 FPS. Yeah. Oh so, my yeah, goodness. I was not impressed. Yeah. Even the Need for Speed, which one was it? Uh, Most Wanted, I think, on the Wii U looked significantly better than this. Mm -hmm. I know because I have it. I bought it at launch. It, it was just this and Dead by Daylight were just really out of place. Yeah, it really did not do much to sell. Like, if, if somebody saw those trailers and thought that was the best that the Switch had to offer, we would not see a a, 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 a rising sales figure, like, for the Switch anymore because people would think it looks like shit and it's not worth it. I'm really interested to see how the next game is going to look at Switch, and that's Hellblade. Uh, it's coming yeah. to Switch in spring, and... I don't know if the, the footage they showed off was indicative of the Switch version or if it was just, hey, this is how it looked elsewhere, because that's, of course, a very graphically intense and high-quality game. So if they can make Hellblade work on the Switch, you can make your shitty racing game work on the Switch. I agree. I, I'm very, very curious to see it. I We have it because of the Game Pass for um, for Microsoft, so I've got it installed. I'm dying to play it. I just haven't had a chance yet. Mm-hmm. And then we got a, a quick look at games that we already know about. Didn't uh, learn anything new here, just that they are, are coming to Switch. And that Mortal Kombat 11, Unravel 2, Final Fantasy 7, Final Fantasy 9, and Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon are all getting uh, Switch versions now or in the very near future. As well as Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered, which, again, did not look very good. No. It's... Ugh. It, it, Jaggy is again this was a PS3 game I'm sure you can make a PS3 game look perfectly fun on the Switch if you try it hard enough Not maybe it's the open world stuff but again it, Zelda did it open world so I couldn't tell you and it's not the favorite Assassin's Creed either, so I don't know no. why they went with it, it was. It was probably one of the least popular Assassin's Creed games even though I still loved it yeah. 
but showing what you can do with the Switch with a good art style that fits to what the hardware can do, we have the next game from Platinum coming out in August, which is pretty damn soon for a game we literally never heard of before this announcement. At first, I thought it was a Shin Megami Tensei game because it so had that techno-demonic aesthetic that the franchise is known for. I was really hyped. Then I found out it was a new action game from Platinum. I was like, I'm still really hyped because <laughs> Astral Chain looks fucking wild with humanoid, cybernetic, spirit, demon things that turn into dogs you can ride. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't need to know because it looks cool. It looked very, very good. A few anime tropes, but it... few. Yeah, yeah. But it looked very cool. I, same as you, the stuff with the robot dogs, it was like, okay, yeah, that looks fucking awesome. The combat looked like a lot of fun, actually. The, that... It's platinum. The yeah, combat will be fun. The, the astral chain gimmick looks like it might actually be very interesting. So it was like, yeah, you know what? This this would be interesting and fun to play. Platinum has literally never made a bad game. So, yeah, that's all you really need to say. And then they closed out with another big surprise, and that is the Switch is getting a remake for Link's Awakening, one of the best games in the Zelda series that a lot of people never really got their hands on because it was only ever released on the original Game Boy back in, I think it came out in the early 90s, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, oh, Jesus. Great game. Really happy that a lot of people are going to get their hands on it. And then they showed off this weird-ass art style they're doing with it. I'm not saying I don't like it. It's just... Really? Very unexpected. Yes, like, I, I'll give you that, but I adored it. I, I, I Here's the thing. Watching the trailer, I could never not see Link as Hermie the Elf from Rudolph the Red Nose. Yeah, Nothing. yeah, definitely, yeah. That That's 100% how he looks, and now I just have that image stuck in my head and I think it's ruined the game for me. No faults of the game. <laughs> That's I, all on me. I figured once I'm playing it, uh, I won't notice it as much, but I like, it's not my favorite art style by any means. And I think that they could have used other art styles to great effect with this. That said, however, I certainly don't mind it. And in some regards, I thought it was cute as hell and fun. So it's, my opinion of, of of Zelda games is different now just because, again, there's so many of them. Let them have fun with some of them. So they want a weird-ass, cel-shaded look. Let them do it. They want to do this kid-looking thing. Let them do it. Yeah, everybody more painted hated style. Wind Waker, so, and then they played it. Yeah, so you know what? I'm 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 all on board for this. I, I did not play the other one, uh, the original, I should say. So, no, I'm fucking on board, and I cannot wait to to play this, actually. I did play the original, although I probably haven't played it in about 15 years. So, I, again, it's just it took me by surprise. Uh, so I, I was just thrown off by it. That's all. Yeah. Not saying I don't like it. But, yeah, that wraps up Nintendo Direct. Another awesome half hour of here's a bunch of shit you're going to be playing with in the next six months. Yeah. Way to go, Nintendo. Now, before we move on to Moonlighter that I've been playing on my Switch, did you see what I posted about Scalebound? Oh, I did. <laughs> Do you believe it or not so much? I believe it. I I, I I do, 
And that's only due to the fact that, as we saw here with Astral Chain, Nintendo and Platinum love working together. We know Hideki Kamiya, Scalebound was like his dream project. So as presumably he owns the rights to the IP, and if he can do that and Nintendo wants to fund it, it's the perfect combination. Yeah. So for people who did not hear, it is looking like Scalebound might be coming to the Switch as the exclusive there instead. And talk about uh, talk about throwing the finger to fucking Microsoft from Nintendo. It's like, especially if it does well, that would be fucking hysterical. And uh, but yeah, no, I'm on board for that. I would love to see it on there. Mm-hmm. So let's talk just ever so briefly about Moonlighter. Now, this is a game that came out not that long ago, and it was available on other uh, consoles and on PC and everything else. And the hook is, again, it's a a dungeon crawler that has procedurally generated dungeons. But the hook is you're actually the shopkeeper in town, and you go out at night, or you can go during the day, and you go through the dungeons, and then you sell off the shit that you loot from the dungeon. So you have this little shopkeeper RPG shit going on, and then you have RPG elements going on with um, your armor and your weapons and leveling things up and crafting system and things like that. And then you have the dungeon crawler aspects as well, which kind of have some roguelike elements as well because you die, you lose everything. So you you really have to be thinking, do I want to go further or not? And there's five dungeons, and each of them have three levels, and a, a boss at each of the the end of the of the levels, and again, there's multiple rooms that you're going through, and you need to decide because you don't have a big bag either. So if you are just kind of grinding shit to sell, then it's faster just to use the pendant, and there's a charge for that as well too. So the deeper in the du- the dungeon that you go, the more expensive it gets to portal out. And then once you get a little bit further in, you get an actual teleporting thing and from that point on you can actually drop that shit and then go put stuff in your bank and then go back to the same spot in the dungeon you can only use once um like per charge um but it's very handy to go back and forth and it allows you to then finish the dungeon much more effectively because you can go back and heal and drop shit off and maybe buy a few potions if you need to and go back out the dungeoning aspect is fucking fun like, it's well done. It's engaging. Um, I really fucking dig it. There's options if you want to go sword and board or great sword, or there's a, a bow and arrow, there's a glove, and there's one more thing. Is it a mace? I can't remember. No, a spear. Um, and then you can also get different types of armor. I'm not saying, like, it's a huge, huge choice, but there's different choices if you want speed or if you want to be a tank or just kind of a middle of the road and you have um, some enchantments that you can put on them as well which I wish somebody would have told me how fucking important those things are (laughs) they are people (laughs) like get your fucking enchantments on shit as soon as you can it will help you clear the dungeons a lot faster and then you can get potions and other things too and there's other shops in town or the things your shop you can adorn it with different items that will either um, like keep thieves away motherfuckers i'll get to them in a bit and then you can also get uh like forced tips for some different things that you put up it's fucking cool as hell i didn't think i would enjoy the shopkeeper element as much as i do 
but it's so well done that it gets its hooks in you and you have fun. And it is, for me now, that fun game in the evenings while we're watching TV as well, I'll just work in my shop. And if I need to, I'll go out and I'll go do some more dungeoning. And once you upgrade your shop to the third level, you also get an assistant who will sell shit for you, which is awesome. <laughs> um, so there's all of these elements that you can, like, level up and stuff. Like, I, I will run out of things to do in a little while. Um, well, not I shouldn't say a little while. It's still going to take me a little bit because I still need to unlock two, no, one more shop and then a few other little things. Um but yeah, it's just so well done in terms of the um, having a, a very good blend between the dungeon aspects and the selling your wares and then the rest of the little RPG stuff. It, it even has like a darkest dungeon feel to it at points too with the, am I going to keep going or do I leave while I still have some stuff and some life kind of thing. And, and I really, really fucking dig it. I, I cannot sell this game enough for you folks. If you see it, whether on sale or not, definitely give it a shot. If you like that type of game and just, don't think of it as a game where you are investing a ton of time that you are going to be able to use much later on, like a, like a, an RPG or an MMO or things like that. No, this is just a little time waster, but it's a ton of fucking fun. And I, I adore it. I love the art style as well. Definitely in the big pile of games I need to play someday. If you have the option, I would tell you as well, you've got the Switch, pick it up on Switch just because it is actually ridiculously good on the go as well. It's it's a it's very well done in terms of just as good on the screen as it is in your hand. So yeah, definitely worth playing. I am waiting for Roger's top 10 list of games to play on the crapper cuz I think that is a service that our listeners deserve. I think that's good. Oh yeah, I could probably do that. Uh Marty, what did you think about the Conviction whatever the fuck we're going to call this Neil Blomkamp thing for Anthem. <laughs> I So Neil Blomkamp's, I've seen two, I've not seen Chappie, so I've seen two out of the what? three. What? Are you, fucking, you are fired. Oh my well, God, in, dude. In, in my defense. There is we, no defense. There in, is in no defense. The movie came out six years ago. <laughs> we went to a Die Wood concert like seven years ago. And, and you it, lost yeah, it? You no. had bought it and you forgot it somewhere? <laughs> No, there's no, no fucking excuse. Not... No, like, do I? It does it? Is it really just a um, uh, short circuit, a dark, gritty shark circuit reboot? Kinda. Okay. Yeah, but you can whittle down any movie to that kind of thing. This to, is true. So <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Hell, it's dark, a gritty short circuit by way of RoboCop, but it's also got Wolverine going full supervillain and. Diane word being Diane word like fucking watch it it's a great movie it's a oh, goddamn I... good show uh, plus it's i loved it as well because it wasn't the no offense to you guys or any americans listening but as somebody who's not american it is always so refreshing to see an action or a different type of show that's not in the States. And again, I understand why that is, but it's very refreshing when you see those shows that are elsewhere. And this one was in uh, South Africa. And, and I, I love that because you have these different settings, different cultures, different everything. And, and again, we need more of that to expose people to 
the rest of the fucking world. So I, I, there was so, there were so many good things about Chappie. We gotten so far off track here, but fucking watch so, the movie, dude. For more about Chappie, check out popcornronin.com. Yeah, there was an episode on it. I, uh, so I have watched Raka and a number of the Oat Studios, uh, trailers and shorts. So I'm making up for my lack of, uh, Chappie, um, and looking into the Oats Studio conviction. I have never, um, never, ever been so confused by something that I really liked. <laughs> that is probably the best description possible. Okay. Um, there was a lot of stuff. One second, Ellie's messaging me about who hurt me because I never saw Chappie. I can hear her typing across the room. It's really funny. Um. Anyway, like it's it's gorgeous. There's a lot of fun stuff going on, and I have no clue. I spent I was I was I was uh in Crystal Lake, which is about an hour and a half, two hours uh, northwest of the city, and I was on the train watching and reading tons and tons of stuff about convictions lore and trying to find like my name is Bife videos about like what's going on in this trailer and Bife speed he would not get to something like that but like it seems like this is a early days Fort Tarsus the engineer and the artificers and like I don't these are all words in English I I I know that. I don't know what's going on other than bald girl who kind of looks like what you'd expect from a um actually she looks a lot like uh, a white or whiter version, a whitewashed version of like the hero of uh 1 million BC uh, Avengers, the their Iron Fist. She looks a little bit like that. Um but she's got psychic powers or they're explaining psychic powers like first of all Let's pull everything back and be like, okay, this is a trailer about Anthem. I still don't know what the story of Anthem is about. It's the Anthem of creation. I, okay, that still doesn't really explain anything to me. The Shapers, okay, precursor race that used the Anthem of creation to do cool shit, and now they're all gone. I did find out through my research that the scabs are cool insects who, um, after a certain point, in their scavenging can spawn even more individual highly advanced things and that they can actively change their body shapes and they are scavengers that's kind of neat but for as cool as this looked like we have reached a point in our culture where the trailer gives away the whole movie just by watching it i don't i don't know what's going on in the trailer by watching this and i would i would really like to watch this movie though right and so that's the other thing. This seems like something that could be really good over the course of an hour and a half. I don't <laughs> know. That was tropey as all hell. Oh, my God. I watched this, and it was like, well, it's beautifully filmed. You can yep. tell it's a Blomkamp production, but it is literally one fucking th trope thrown at you like a wet fucking fish after another. Like, it's just an onslaught of trope after trope after trope. Stupid bullshit that doesn't make sense, but that's pretty. And it was like, oh, my God, this was fucking horrible. And I, this I is... And I, I summed it up. I summed it up best after I had, Alicia and I had watched the trailer for the first time. It's like, this is like 
one of those Calvin Klein commercials where it's just a bunch of weird random shit and you don't know what they're selling you until you get to the end. Yeah. <laughs> a half naked man jumping into a beautiful lagoon somewhere off the coast of Italy with a javelin and a bald chick and insects that make mech suits. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't understand. I, and the thing is, this could be as people like, well, the game is out. And so people are finding codices and lore entries and it's beginning to make more sense. And there is some talk that maybe this is actually a pitch by Oats Studio to do something for Netflix. But this as a product did nothing for me about wanting me to play the game. It didn't pull me into the world of Anthem. And it is not impossible for me to be pulled into a world and its lore just through, you know, casual contact or through a trailer. This didn't do it. There was cool shit. Don't get me wrong. But I walked away seeing like, okay, I have to learn more about this to be able to talk about it. And after like two hours of reading everything I can get my hands on about Anthem, I still couldn't tell you what this is about. So. I did do some looking around at different, a whole bunch of different sites, reviews and, and, and articles and, 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 and videos from, from both sides of, of this in terms of people who were very excited and people who were not to get a sense of where the game is at now because the early release stuff is going on now and depending on the subscription that you have to EA's service you could be playing right now whereas other people have to wait until the 22nd. Uh, Vince did you actually pre-order this because you were no, the only no, one no. of us. Okay. You know my rule. Your rule is still kind of little wishy washy after the demo it's... weekends what did i tell you mm. i was going to take a wait and see approach to see uh, actual first-hand opinions of the finished product which while we have 90 percent of the finished product we still don't have the finished product until the day one patch lands on the 22nd yeah because of the way console certification and all that shit works ea demanded that the game be made available a week early but they can't push the final patches through until the game is actually launched on Xbox and PlayStation. So PC versions who are most of the people who are playing earlier left without that patch. As we all know, in today's day and age, day one patches are incredibly huge. It sucks. It is what it is. So I'm still waiting once the 22nd hits and people get on hand experiences with the actual finished version of the game, then I'll make my decision. Yeah. So because yeah. I, I, I will say, even based on the negative points that a lot of people are raising and they're very valid for me, I still think this is a game I'm going to enjoy. That's my personal likes and what this game does. The game has the potential to, to get me to play it. The problem for me when I, cause I listened to the show where you guys all talked about, and you had a mirror on as a guest, y'all talked about it. And I played the game hoping I'd be able to be on or at least share my views on it. But my takeaway was like, um, I'm not as negative way nowhere near as negative as I was. Um, I'm a little to the left of Roger and to the right of Vince in that the game itself um, feels like what, uh andromeda should have been in sense of like 
play control, uh, play style control, the gameplay mechanics and all that, um, and the voice acting and some other aspects of it. It still hasn't gripped me, and the trailer uh, failed at that point. Like, it looks cool. I, I still, I just, I don't get it. It's going more science fantasy than, it's a science fantasy as Destiny at this point. Um, so, meh. It's, well, but it looks cool, parts of it, but just not cool enough for me to pull the trigger. Yeah, same here. I, I won't be. Uh, Belgas, who's been on the show before, he, he wrote about it on uh, Agronauts Today, and um, and he adored the demo, and he paid the early access stuff so that he could be playing it, and he is, while he admits there's a few things still that obviously need to be worked on, he still largely adores the game. And then Amir was saying in Discord chat that he he's already finished off the campaign and is at max level that's where I'm more concerned. Um, the fact that he could do that over the course of a weekend, which, yeah, he put in 20, 25 hours or so, he said, kind of thing. But still, to be able to finish the entirety of the campaign and get to max level, and now all you're doing is gear grinding. Again, for me, that just felt a little short. And I, I get it. It's a game, live service. There's going to be more coming. But for a $60 price tag, minimum, um, that, that's that's... I mean, pretty 20, 25 hours is pretty average for a $60 game. I, I guarantee you can reach level cap and complete the story in Destiny 2 in 20 to 25 hours. So it seems... Yeah. Well, do you really well, think you could do Destiny 2, the, the the full, the original in 25 hours? I thought it would have been more yeah. than that. Totally. I haven't I think, done it in a yeah. long time. So I, honestly, I'm relying on you guys here. Yeah, I would say so. I think you can even reach Forsaken, uh, complete Forsaken and uh 2025 like I'll, I'll 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 i will report back i'll put in 20 hours of destiny i, and report I would back say that kind of depends on where your gear level is going into forsaken because there's there's some points where you got to like pump the brakes a little but yeah uh but i mean while yes 20 to 25 hours is short for a bioware game it's still Maybe not that's short why, for yeah. a game in general so so yeah we're gonna have to be waiting and seeing and uh eventually one of us will get it I'm calling not it. Right. There, there's a non-zero chance I will have bought it by the time we record again. Not saying it's a high chance, but there's a chance. Alrighty. All right, moving on. Uh, Marty, did you install Crackdown Three because it's free on the Game Pass? No, when it dropped, and um, I bought Minecraft instead for my nephew. So. Oh, dude, dude, you're 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 fine. I, honestly, don't I? I would honestly say don't even bother installing it. Really? I ins yeah, I installed it immediately. I'd been following this for a while since the first announcement, and then it went through so many goddamn changes, and now it is a watered down, pale imitation of what we initially saw. And I I played for quite a while, and the art style, <laughs> the art style is fucking weird man because it's not consistent either like you're getting a lot of the the in-game cinematics and little things are like they're trying to be super stylized but it's just blocky blocks you know with solid colors and, and shit like that it's it, the easiest way for them to animate a little sequence and then when you're seeing the the trailer elements or elements the, the the cinematics with the characters then you're getting what almost looks like 
a a scene shot with the actual actors, no mocap kind of thing. It, it I'm saying almost looks like this, and all of that's different is that they have like these massive black outlines around their bodies, so that they kind of look a little cartoonish kind of thing. the The art style is so fucking weird and jarring in those cinematics that you're like, what the fuck are they trying to pull off here? Because it it is not working. Whatever it is they're trying to do. The shooting, the, the mechanics, once you're in and doing your shooting, holy fucking, even at, at the medium difficulty, which they write as hard, but it's just normal. Their normal is easy. Um, it's lock-on targeting. It's not aim assist. It's just lock-on and then pull the fucking trigger. It's a joke how easy it is. Um and then you spend the majority of your time just bouncing around to get these fucking orbs that are at different spots. And they they try to make it challenging, kind of like Spider-Man did with different things to get. But Spider-Man's things were challenging, were fun to get to. This is just stupid, you know? The You can steal cars kind of like Grand Theft Auto, but eh, there's not like in in much the same way as those games... The, the driving mechanics really aren't that much fun. And so it, for somebody who likes racing games like myself especially, it, it, I would rather fucking run in a lot of cases. And the city is big, but it's literally you're, you're running around and you got some woman in your voice whose voice acting was actually phenomenal. I will say that. Um, the uh, you're, you're being told, oh, go blow up this place or go take care of this, you know, depot of bad guys and 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 that's it you're sent on these little missions to go and take these different buildings out or, or get the guys in the buildings it it was horrible i i i did not enjoy it at all i i don't know if it's getting more positive reviews but i know myself i did not have any fun with it at all it's disappointing but not unexpected i, I even know about the troubles this game had getting off the ground and I think even Microsoft knows, like, they, they put it out at this point just to finish it, but for a game that was so heavily hyped over the course of its development, I, it just kind of came out. Yeah. I didn't even know it was out until people started talking about it. Well, they had announced it that it was coming out in February at one of the last events. I know because I, I do recall that, and when we had talked about right, but the, usually when a big game comes out, everybody knows about it because oh, yeah, there's yeah, yeah. marketing and trailers and Twitter and you name it. No, there. This was just kind of dropped, and it, I, I don't know if they were trying to pull off an Apex Legends thing. It did not work out nearly as well for them. <laughs> because, it, was just, it was a thing like one of the YouTube channels I followed did a video on it. it was like, oh, cool, they got like a pre-release version of Crackdown. I was like, oh no, it's just out. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Yeah, so so that's Crackdown Three. I'm honestly, I'm, I I may put in a little bit more time just to try and see if it gets better. However, because a lot of the issues that I have are also like specific to the game, They're, it's the gameplay, it's the it's the aesthetics, it's the different things like that. It's the the fact that one weapon over another really does not have that big an impact. Like, you don't get a different feel. Like, looking again at your destinies and things like that, you get a, a specific gun, and it's like you're playing a different fucking game. It just handles differently, feels different, everything. No, here everything's the same. One shoots three rounds, the other one shoots one or whatever, you know? It, I, it was horrible. Just, I did not have fun with it at all. 
we'll close off a little bit better news. We got a uh, announcement to the uh, the sequel to Hollow Knight, which I think we all adored. So this is fucking cool as hell. Yeah, Hollow Knight. I, I still haven't finished it myself, but one of the best indie games I played last year, probably near the top of the list over the last several years. Uh, when the Kickstarter was successful, one of the stretch goals that was achieved was that Hornet, who is like one of the NPC characters, sometimes she's a boss you fight against, sometimes she just kind of shows up, it was going to get her own DLC chapter. Uh, over the course of developing that DLC chapter, they realized they had too many good ideas, a DLC wasn't going to be enough, so they've spun it off into its own game, a full-on sequel to Hollow Knight called Silk Song. Don't know too much about what to expect from the game like, in depth, but they showed off a trailer of it that... It, I mean, it has all the things that made Hollow Knight fantastic, art style, mood, setting, with Hornet as a much more mobile character than you had in Hollow Knight with all kinds of crazy acrobatics and flips and air dashes, and it's going to play very differently while still being very recognizable as a Hollow Knight game, so that's really cool. And what I really appreciate is, even though it is now a full game all on its own, the Kickstarter backers are still going to get it for free. Really nice. Yes, that's awesome. Because they promised the DLC for free, they didn't pull the bait and switch of you know what we're not going to do a DLC. We're going to make a game instead. They're still going to give it to everybody. Well, Marty Man, was saying I, you're you're playing it right now, just to, to, yeah, to be able I'm, to finish it. I'm playing uh, Hollow Knight right now. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I've I'm getting bits and pieces of what's going on and. Uh, I love it. This game is reminding me of how many hours I wasted in junior high. Excuse me. How many hours I had fun by myself uh, playing video games uh, in junior high. So I, I, I uh, adore this game uh, and what we can get done. I just bought the compass and I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that is going to wrap it up for tonight. Thank you very much for joining us. You can find the show notes at ForTheLore.com and you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, also on Twitter at For the Lore. Individually, Joe is Loader ZJ, Vince is Simonian, and Marty is Officer Gleason. And with that, we will see you guys next week. For the next three weeks, I went a hunting them nightclubs looking for a place to play. Well, I thought my picking would set them on fire, but nobody wanted to hire a guitar man. Thank you for listening to For the Lore. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Popcorn Ronin with Roger and Vince, a movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as Lore Watch, a Blizzard lore podcast co-starring Joe. And if you're into comic books, check out All Comics Considered with Marty and his crew. Lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. You can find him at ManelliJamal.com as well as on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs.